Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. New week, glad to have you along. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, and Michael Borky. I hope your weekend was fantastic. I don't know for certain that it was, but I do know that for some of you, based on pictures that you sent via Twitter to either me or to the Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed at Sports Talk M-I-S-S, Of the food that you cooked and consumed over the weekend, it was a pretty good weekend for some folks. Uh, Whether it was Brian Haydad or Gib or Mike or some of the others that uh, sent their grill offerings over the course of the weekend, well done, all of you. Although, not too well done. Like, cooked just right. Different kind of well done I'm talking about. Hello, friends. What's up on a Monday? It's good to be with you on this Monday. You ate well this weekend, didn't you? I sure did. That was some good stuff. I was was pleased with how they came out, my first try with those, with the beef ribs. Yeah, they they look good. Borky, what was the uh, outcome of the brisket over the weekend? Still haven't done it. Oh, no! I know, I know. Things just uh, came up quickly and had to take care of some stuff on Saturday, so they didn't have. Well, how were the hot dogs in the microwave instead? <laughs> <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't go that uh, college. However, microwave hot dogs were what I lived on for about two years, and that's why I pushed three bills there for a while, so. Yeah. I'm not ashamed to eat a microwave hot dog now, although I guess they're healthier than probably what I would have picked because my wife gets the turkey dogs. They taste about the same. About the same. And, I mean, if you're cooking them in a microwave, I mean, you can't really be that choosy. So, uh, yeah. I hear we you. did uh, We did burgers and uh, ended up doing the barbecue chicken drummies on the, uh, on the grill on Friday night and uh, turned, out, uh, turned out pretty good. Absolutely gorgeous weekend in the state of Mississippi. And outside the state of Mississippi, kind of a lot happening. Ceasefire text line is open to you. 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. If you're ready for a better phone, Ceasefire is here to help. Get up to $700 off top smartphones online when you trade in a device and add a new line. Plus, find options like free same-day delivery and curbside pickup in select locations. You can shop now at cspire.com. And we want to hear from you on the Cspire text line. What grabbed your attention this weekend, guys? Something that's uh, just happening. So this okay. weekend was crazy, right? I mean, you had the 
Wait, are Ky- you about to allude to Mike Gundy? Yeah. So you had the Kyrie Irving NBA thing, which, by the way, I ex- fully expect that to get resolved. Kind of revised my take on Kyrie Irving a little bit, too. Uh, real quick. Um, even though I think he's a bit of a nut, I mean, he's a Is flat earth. Is it based earth on truther. a spherical earth instead of a flat earth? Or? Okay. <laughs> I mean, he's obviously a bit of a nut. And what was it, two weeks ago when he voted in favor of the return to play plan? His biggest questions were about booze and food on site. Um, so, you know, he, he has a past that makes you think that his motives may not exactly be pure. But even though he's not playing, he still would be getting a salary. And a guy that's willing to give up $40 million for a cause that he believes in, even if it's crazy and he's crazy, that takes some guts, right? I mean, there are some uh, political leaders on both sides of the aisle that could probably actually do good things if they weren't worried about re-election and they choose not to. At least he's willing to put his money where his mouth is. But at the end of the day, no matter what he does, they're going to play. I, like, I'm not worried about it at all, considering the financial component, the, the, the stakes involved, and then also the league being able to rip up the CBA. So he's a nut, and, and he's been a story all weekend, but I don't think he's going to have that kind of an influence and derail anything because of the money that they stand to lose if they don't. So there's your revised NBA take for the day. Uh, well, and also LeBron wants to play, and it doesn't really matter what anybody else wants to do. Yeah, if LeBron says, hey, buddy, we're playing, guess what? Uh, we're, we're playing. There's just too much money to lose for all these guys, though. Uh, and he's a nut job, but at least he's willing to sacrifice. What is it? Hey, that $40 million, isn't that what his salary Something is like that, this yeah. year? Yeah. Uh, and that takes some guts. Even if you're crazy, at least you know he's got some uh, marbles, if you will. The Major League Baseball thing's a nightmare, but the biggest story of the weekend is happening on Monday at 3 o'clock. Mike Gundy. That's the biggest story, story, though. I think, I think MLB, I think the players just saying, we're washing our hands of this, just tell us when to come to work, is going to be a, is a bigger story nationally. The Mike Gundy thing is, is, is big, though. No question about that. All right, so, so what, Borky, I'll let you bring folks up to speed on this. So it's, he wore a T-shirt, and Chuba Hubbard's mad, and it's OAN related, which takes us back to the beginning of the coronavirus and some of his opinions on reporting and the fact that they just do it down the middle and whatnot. Right. So he was pictured uh, on a fishing trip with his sons wearing a One America News Network uh, T-shirt. And his All-American running back, one of the best, if not the best, in all of college football, and has now been followed by his best defensive player, his entire offensive line, uh, have all said they, in Chuba Hubbard's exact quote is, I will not be doing anything with Oklahoma State until things change. He said he will not stand for this. He's got a defensive player on his back, or, or behind him, his offensive line's behind him, stemming from this photo that came out of him wearing this T-shirt. And if you've never heard of One American News Network, kind of like me, I mean, I've never watched a second of it, but after this happened, I did a little uh, Google search into some positions that they've had, and here's a a big kicker. Uh, One American News Network host called the Black Lives Matter protesters a terrorist organization. So... That probably doesn't sit well with your African-American football players. But that's just me. Ch- 
Yeshua Hubbard, the nation's leading rusher last season, tweeted earlier today that, quote, he won't be doing anything for Oklahoma State until things, all caps, change, close quote. That was in response to a photo of Coach Mike Gundy wearing an OAN t-shirt. I will not stand for this. This is completely insensitive to everything going on in society, and it's unacceptable. That was part of the post. As Borky said just a second ago, OEN stands for One American News. It's considered to be a far-right news network that is often cited by President Donald Trump. This all stemmed from a photo that uh, surfaced on Facebook that said Mike Gundy went fishing on Lake Texoma donning an OAN shirt. Yes, he still has a mullet. He's wearing a camouflage hat and a white t-shirt. I assume at least one of the guys with him is his son um kyle boone who is a writer for cbs sports shared the uh, post on twitter um i'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the last name but maybe i can amen Ogbong bimaga is another player for oklahoma state who responded to chuba hubbard's tweet that said i stand with him let me ask you this. Is there more at play here than just Mike Gundy in an OAN t-shirt? Isn't that what logic did, tells did somebody, you? Yeah, just logically, some, that has to be the case. Somebody got to Chuba Hubbard or some of his teammates and pushed an agenda, right? Either that. I mean, there's... Even Bomani Jones um, is, and I agree with him. This is, there's no way. And if you've ever heard an interview from Chuba Hubbard, even if you you disagree with what he's saying here, you can acknowledge that he he's very smart. Uh, he he's got some serious intellect. Uh, I I cannot believe, and I don't believe that it is one picture of a guy wearing one T-shirt that set him over the I refuse to play edge. There's either something behind the scenes that has happened, something's been boiling over for a while for that to be the reaction. It's not just a T-shirt that's causing this here. Based off the reaction of a lot of the uh, current and former Oklahoma State players that we're seeing on social media, this is evidently, it it looks like it's sort of similar to the Iowa situation in that you've got a coaching staff that is in in their players opinion uh been insensitive to them and in doing so this maybe this is sort of like a last straw kind of thing so we'll spend a little bit more time on this this afternoon and keep an eye as this story uh develops as i'm sure it will not just over the next three hours but over the next few days as it pertains to oklahoma state football could this mean the end of the run for mike gundy at oklahoma state i mean you wouldn't at least on the surface, think that it gets to that level, but there are a lot of things that are happening at a surface level that are having huge, huge, huge ripple effects. Iowa is now looking for a new strength coach after a uh, buyout. Uh, we've got some coronavirus news as it pertains to Ole Miss and a little bit of confusion over the weekend. We've got winners and losers, the college football fix. We'll talk about the governor of Texas when we get to that a little bit later. Tons to get to. Oh, and somebody said the Yankees cheated, but I don't believe it. Sports Talk yeah, Mississippi. Did. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
Well, the responses to the Mike Gundy tweet are all over the place. And in response to uh, Chuba Hubbard's tweet as well. This one grabbed my attention. OSU paid Mike Gundy $5 million to go 8-5, and five, and he paid fifteen ninety nine to lose his best player. And that's the thing. We get a text here that says just because you choose to watch a particular news channel does not mean you agree with 100% of the things they say or do. And that's I agree with that completely. That's why I, I truly believe that there's more to it than just a T-shirt. By that same token, you know, knowing what we know about OAN, it is very tone-deaf to wear that T-shirt in, in yeah. this time. And on top of that, uh, like, who wears news network t-shirts is there like a thriving market for cnn and fox news gear that i'm not aware of it almost feels like it's a message to me so what tv i mean you could wear an espn t-shirt and be okay right yeah i mean that's still a little odd i guess but i i I could see it at least yeah i mean i've got a sweatshirt that's got a small espn logo. unless you have a but super talk shirt in which wear that proudly and we're glad you're with us <laughs> but i work for super talk no not yeah. you I mean, well, the the yeah thousands of yeah, people we give listening super to talk us t-shirts right away all the time yeah yeah but and we're not exactly like. controversial except for you know borky over there beyond that yeah true I'm, you know i'm the controversial one of the group the that's rough i don't ever see i don't, <laughs> I don't ever see a super talk t-shirt and go oh that's those guys you know i did have somebody stop me in the neighborhood though uh, which was really cool. Uh, listener, he said, of all of your shows, I, I wear most of my Super Talk t-shirts when I'm running or doing yard work or something, and uh, he stopped me to say he appreciated what we did. So uh, there's something to that. Huh, well, thank Very you. cool. Thank you for listening, sir. Or madam, you didn't say who it was. It was a yeah. sir. Okay. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt on that front. So... <sighs> We got heavy stuff to get to, and we got serious stuff to get to, but I'd like to talk about golf first, if that's okay. I Look, I know people want to make fun of me because the Yankees are get may get in trouble. I, I don't even know if they're going to get in trouble for this cheating thing. I mean, we're not talking about the same level of tiss, tiss. stuff going on there <laughs> as was going on in Houston, despite what people in the Lone Star State want you to believe. Wouldn't you think if you were a Houston Astro player that had been involved in all the deal, you might just kind of, I don't know if it's misery loves company or not going down alone feels better, but the Houston players kind of going to social media to say nanny nanny boo boo to Yankees, it's, is that the right look? Buddy, you can blame Aaron Judge for that one. So Aaron Judge, oh. when the news, the Astros news broke, he quote tweeted the breaking news and said, wait, what? And then a, a reporter asked him after that why he deleted a tweet praising Jose Altuve for, for his great season. And he said, I really used to respect those guys, and I just I can't believe they did that, and I've lost a lot of respect for them, and so that's why I deleted the tweet. Well, Aaron Judge was not with the New York Yankees pre-2017 either. Right, but that's probably where that's coming from. He's just he's having to wear it for the pinstripe yeah, nation. Yeah, he's because he said that he's having to wear it now. 
All right, so we will get into the particulars of that story, and I'll take whatever shots you want to throw. It's just not going to affect me. Yeah, look, I mean, when you live in the evil empire, I mean, what? Like people come at you. Well, if you leave the, you live in the evil empire and have the richest franchise in the sport by a pretty significant margin, you still have to cheat. God, like it'd be different if this was the Marlins with the tiny payroll. Like that makes sense, but. I'm sorry, Borky. I'm, I'm sorry. I lost track of what you were saying. I was I was counting the 27 World Series championship trophies. Yeah, that you won on the back. I completely backs of lost track of what you were saying. Oh wait, you, the Yankees couldn't even win the World Series when they were cheating. Yeah. Oh, You're no man. better than the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember how to say 27 in Spanish. Was <laughs> that Bente uh, uh, Siente? Yeah. There we go. I took French. See, see how many different languages I can come up with 27 in. Doesn't make the 2017 Yankees uncheat to not win the World Series, though. Yeah, so golf, well. huh? <laughs> I mean, some, some franchises have trophy cl- cases. And then some franchises have to have entire parts of their ballpark dedicated to honoring its great players. Yeah. yeah. What are you grinning about over there, hey Dad? I'm just I'm just moving right along with you guys. Oh look, we'll have fun with it. What, I promise. Whatever we will. makes you feel better, I guess. PGA Tour golf this weekend. The leaderboard going into Sunday's final round of the Charles Schwab Challenge in Fort Worth at Historic Colonial Country Club was everything you could have asked for Sands Tiger Woods. And, I mean, look, Tiger in play. He's not playing this week. Despite the movements of his yacht that automatically meant that he was playing at Hilton Head this week. I'm not sure why. We had to have fun with that. Yeah, I I don't know why the immediate assumption was his yacht is going to St. Simons. He's playing at Hilton Head. I'm not sure exactly what the connection of the dots there was other than, oh, it's a few hours up the way in the water. It was closer by. Okay. Either that or he could be investing in property at Sea Island. Either one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, So, yeah, you're not getting Tiger, and obviously ratings are going to be better for everybody when Tiger's playing and everybody wants to see Tiger play because, well, we all want to see the greatest player ever or the second greatest player ever, depending on your perspective, uh, on the golf course. With that said, what an unbelievably stacked leaderboard going into yesterday's final round. And even if the final results don't strike you as compelling, Daniel Berger won against Colin Morikawa in overtime. Extra holes. Playoff. Call it what you want. Maybe that doesn't do it for you. But getting to that point, man, there was... The, the last hour and a half of that tournament was just riveting. It was really, really good. Did you miss a crowd? Because I, I loved it, too. I watched a lot of it. And, I mean, kudos to the tour for putting that on. And I know CBS gets ripped for their golf broadcast, but it was good. Everything about it was good and exactly what I was hoping for. I did, though, miss the crowd, and I didn't think I would down the stretch. With big putts that you know are big, and when you're watching, you know it's big. And if a guy made it or missed it, you know it was a big deal. But not having that element of where they look up 
and there's a crowd cheering and they give a little fist pump or you hear the the loud groans when you had the what was it three lip outs on 17 down the stretch I, I did miss that element of it didn't make me not want to watch it or anything like that but I did notice that the players emotions and the moments didn't feel as big because there weren't anybody there wasn't anybody there to react to them I did notice that otherwise it was brilliant the lack of fans did not bother me one iota. I mean, okay, maybe you missed the roar a little. I kind of liked that when Bryson DeChambeau airmailed one on 17, he didn't have the backstop of the grandstands where he was going to get a free drop. It went down to the bottom of the hill, and he had to pitch it out, and he left it in the long grass, and he had to chip up again and missed a putt. I like that. Not because it was DeChambeau. Um, is golf going to change because of Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka? I mean, DeChambeau didn't even look like a... He didn't even look like a linebacker. He looked like a left guard. Yeah, he's he's beefy, man. Um, and the thing is... He's too, too much so. Probably too much so. And, and I, I like to rip on him because I guess that's what we're supposed to do, right? Um, but he's a really good player. And beefing up like that didn't affect like his finesse. I mean, he's hitting the ball 345 and then has 80 yards in on a long par 4 and he's still knocking him close. So beefing yeah. up didn't affect his short game, which is impressive. Yeah. I was listening to uh, some of the PGA Tour radio guys earlier today. And I don't know if this was a hot take by one of the hosts this morning or, or if there's something to it, but basically said they think that he's too heavy right now and on the weekend it cost him a little bit in terms of stamina. Like he's carrying a bigger load on the golf course right now and may have cost him a little stamina. Now somebody also pointed out that Look, this was the first tournament back. Guys have been working out like crazy. Some of them have been not working out like crazy. Maybe everybody's a little heavier than they would have been otherwise. And once they start walking two practice rounds and four tournament rounds a week and they do it three weeks out of four, some of that weight's going to come off and everybody's going to slim down a little bit. I, I don't know how much stock I put into that, but I thought it was an interesting take. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. We will be right back. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, Dad. The internet never, ever forgets. You're right about that. Byline on a story from ESPN. August 12th, 2011. Just popped up on the old Twitter feed. Stillwater, Oklahoma. A carpenter says he has learned his lesson. Don't wear rival colors to Oklahoma State football coach Mike Gundy's house. Gundy is being sued by a contractor who says he agreed to work on the coach's home in March. Brent Loveland of Choctaw says he arrived early in the morning on March 21st wearing a gray Oklahoma baseball t-shirt with the university's name in red block letters. He and two others began to unload their equipment. According to the lawsuit, Gundy arrived at the house at 9.30 a.m., spotted Loveland's shirt, and screamed, How dare you come into my house and offend my wife? 
Gundy then allegedly used profanity as he told the contractor to get off his property. Gundy called Loveland a stupid idiot for wearing the, t- the shirt on, quote, OSU soil, close quote, and refused Loveland's apologies. The contractor offered to turn his shirt inside out but was, refu- but, uh, was refused. Loveland said he was never asked about his school loyalties before agreeing to do the work. He sued Gundy on Thursday, this was in 2011, in state court for more than $10,000 in damages, saying he lost more than $30,000 in income from an expected 13 weeks of work. Gundy, at the time, released a statement through his attorney that said, quote, while I cannot discuss the specifics of pending litigation, I deny the allegations being made and welcome the opportunity to fully resolve the matter, close quote. Loveland told the Tulsa World that he dressed in the dark and won his was unaware his shirt had an OU logo on it. That's a whole boat full of lies from everybody right there. The um, the the tweet that caused me to see that said, don't let Mike Gundy tell you t-shirts don't matter. Uh-huh. God. <sighs> Why are people so bad at being smart? I mean, I'll admit it, I'm amongst those people. Just saying. What do you mean? Like, people are just dumb. They just do dumb things. They forget that they do the dumb things, and they do another dumb thing that the fir- the future, the pre- the past dumb thing catches them on again. They can't escape their own dumbness. Richard and Wigan says, oh, how the tide has turned, and sir, how would you like your crow prepared? Well, isn't that a really good example of People need to stop looking at football coaches to be the moral compass of things. Yeah, but I would not say that Mike Gundy is trying to be anybody's moral compass. No, but he's just more honest than everybody else. Right, and people just expect like this profound whatever from football coaches. Like Dabo Sweeney has apparently come up short during all of this. Um, he is a football coach he's from Alabama what do you expect him to do have nuanced and layered understanding and takes about deep tied race relations in America what do you expect from this guy so yeah he comes up short he's supposed to be a leader of men and apparently he's done a pretty good job of that throughout his career but because he came up a little short on this it's all he's racist up he's this up he's that cancel Dabo he's a freaking football coach like, I, I'm sorry that he didn't have a layered and nuanced understanding of an extremely difficult topic for you, but you only know who he is because he can coach the hut hut very good. Like, why, why do we expect... <laughs> <laughs> That's one of your best lines ever, Borky. The only reason anybody knows who Dabo Sweeney is is because <laughs> he coach the hut quote, hut. he can coach coach the hut hut very good. Close quote. Oh my god, that's fantastic! I just don't get it. Well, and hey, let's be real for a second about Dabo. We've all talked about that his all shucks little old Clemson demeanor is kind of a tired act, right? Yep. So, so we've talked about that openly. Yeah. But the national sports, sports writers that are going after Dabo Sweeney are going after him 
because he publicly espouses his Christian values on a daily basis. And there is a section of the national sports writers that do not like that, and they are dying for the opportunity to scream, HYPOCRISY! That's why they're going after Dabo Sweeney. Fact. And some coaches do it really well. I mean, they're not all stupid or whatever, but like Tom Herman apparently has has been great, and his players have loved his response. Uh, Apparently, I mean, you had a couple of marshes two weekends ago here in Mississippi, and apparently somebody I talked to said the Ole Miss players have really liked what Lane Kiffin has said to them and and how, how he's handled this. Apparently it's been very good. Some guys hit the mark, some guys miss the mark, but... If a coach misses the mark, instead of contextualizing who they are and what they are, we just cast them out to die alone. I I don't get it. Yeah. Well, I I stand by what I said about Dabo a second ago. The reason that people are – I mean, if he's just a ball coach that keeps his mouth shut and doesn't publicly – like, I mean, even the all-shucks little old Clemson stuff, despite being old – is not a reason for people in uh, national sports media to hate him. It's it's the Christian values thing. And there are a lot of people that really, 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 really don't like that coming publicly. I mean, generally speaking, I'd say your life is easier as a football coach if you kind of keep your faith and religious beliefs to yourself. Because when you put it out there very, very publicly, what did I say a second ago to start this segment? Hey, Dad? The internet never forgets. Never, ever forgets. And the teardown for a lot of people, is way, way, way more fun than writing glowing comments about success. Without a doubt. Well said. And look, I mean, you you got these coaches that... I don't want to use the wrong phrase here. I mean, dig their own grave was the phrase that kind of came to mind. But, you know, make their own bed. And then you got to lay it. And, uh, stop it, hey, Dad. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Just stop it. I knew what I was saying. Thank you. Watch the stream. SupertalkTV.com. I mean, this is very similar to to the Drew Brees thing in a way, right? Because uh, we're not saying that you shouldn't feel a certain way, but maybe there are times where you just don't have to. Like Mike Mike Gundy probably should. tell everybody. Right. He probably just should have known better. You just don't have to to, you, you to know wear that make shirt. Everything a little bit better, like across the board, politics, religion, ball coach. He coaches the hut hut. Make it all better. If we all just kind of strive to be good people, like just be a good person, which means you treat others right, and you have some empathy. And you're not always, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's kind of work to be a good person. 
things probably be a little bit better across the board. Probably be better if the three of us work to be just good people on a daily basis. Probably be, work. probably be good if our religious leaders just work to be good people on a daily basis. If our law enforcement officers just work to be good people. Our political leaders. Folks that are protesting. We all just work to be good people. I just can't do what's right. It'd make life a whole lot simpler. But that's not really the way things work, so I'm done with fantasy land utopia. I just keep on plugging. You just kind of do the best you can do. Um. So there was some confusion as to whether or not there was a large number of positive tests for COVID-19 among Ole Miss football players over the weekend. And the answer is, at least right now, there's not a large number. But there is a significant number who are being isolated to try and keep there from being a large number. I think that is a fair summation. We'll get into the story with you in just a couple of minutes. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. Be right back. I said we'd get to this coronavirus story, and we will. It may not be right now, though. Uh, Jeff Passan tweeting this. Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred tells Mike Greenberg, he's at ESPN Greeny on Twitter, that he's, quote, not confident, close quote, there will be a 2020 baseball season. Unfortunately, I can't tell you that I'm 100% certain that's going to happen. You will remember last week, on the night of the first round of the draft, so Wednesday, he told Carl Ravitch of ESPN on television and also the folks at MLB Network that he was 100% certain there would be baseball in 2020. So I can't tell you that I'm 100% certain it's going to happen. It's just a disaster for our game, absolutely no question about it. It shouldn't be happening, and it's important that we find a way to get past it and get the game back on the field for the benefit of our fans. The quote to Carl Ravitch on Wednesday night was, unequivocally, we are going to play Major League Baseball this year. When asked the likelihood, he said 100%. So why How does this guy have a job? He, he is... He makes Roger well, I think Goodell Rob Manfred's like, in an impossible situation right now, isn't he? he? He is just not good at his job. He makes Goodell look really, really good. Well, Roger Goodell is really, really good at his job. Eh. Depends who you ask. Roger Goodell is really, really good at his job. You may not eh. like him. He's really good at his job. Well, I mean, his job is being, you know, is working for the owner. So I'll get you, I'll grant you that. But this guy, I mean,. Does, is there anybody that has anything good to say about him? I don't even understand how this happens at this point. I mean, I, 
Mind, okay, so so we get the counter proposal from the owners to which the players respond. We have no response. You just tell us when we're playing baseball, how many games, and when we're supposed to report. And we want to know by close of business on Monday. So why don't the owners just say, season starts July 12th, be in camp June 28th, you'll be paid your prorated salaries for the games we play. We're playing 48 games. We're playing 51 games. Why not just do that? What am I missing? What do I not understand? Short-sighted owners not willing to take any kind of losses, or could this simply all just be posturing for next year's uh, CBA negotiations? I mean, all of it. I mean, it's an embarrassment. It, it, I know but this is the CBA negotiation. I mean, that doesn't happen until after next season, right? right? It's not prior to the start of next season. It's December of 2021 is when the the deal expires and the new one is is set to begin. So there will be some kind of holdout as they negotiate, but they've got four months ish to do it. Um, well, not four months. What is it? Three months to do it? December 2021 to spring training. I mean, spring training starts mid-February. Yeah, so two and a half couple months. months. Yeah, but I mean, they'll be working on it in advance. I mean, we know Will that. Will they but... at this point? I just, I, I'm having trouble understanding the logic behind. You know what? I don't even know if we're going to play unless the owners are just mad and they're saying, "Fine, we'll just take our ball and go home. We're not going to pay the players anymore." They've been babies about this. Never mind the fact that we've been babies about it. They've been babies about it. We signed checks. We've paid them what we agreed to pay them. There will be no games. I, so the basically the players called their bluff and they got them. Is if, if that's the case, the players called the owners' bluff. Yeah. What was the bluff though? I, that, I guess the 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 bluff was. The, Didn't the, the players did, agree to what the owners wanted? That's what I'm saying. The, they 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 knew in their heart that the owners didn't even want to play baseball this year, so oh, they put it on them. Well. I said, "Okay, we're done. We won't we won't counter again. Just tell us when to be at work." And the owners, "Oh, well, never mind. I won't play at all." That's a an interesting point. I, mean, I don't have any other logical reason for what's happening. The long term. Looking at the homepage at ESPN right now. There's a story by Jeff Passan. Could the commissioner... um, Just how ridiculous is MLB's ongoing money fight? Next story, Tim Kirkjian. There is so much anger and distrust between the MLBPA and MLB. Why? Why is there so much anger and distrust? The minimum salary... For people playing professional baseball is $600,000, and you have guys that are making $37 million. What's, what, where's the anger in that? Why? Because you should be paying me more? Oh, go buy your own team. Pay people whatever you want to. Ugh. 
with you. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad on this Monday, the 15th of June. Middle of the week, or I'm sorry, middle of the month, start of a new week. C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. Bull, there's a lot of it in wireless and Major League Baseball also, but that's beside the point for now. Seaspire thinks you deserve a plan that is actually what it says. Here's the real deal. The best plan for one or two lines, period. Unlimited talk and text with 10 gigabytes of high-speed data, $45 per line with auto pay and paperless billing. Without auto pay, just 50 bucks. How's that for fine print? No bull. That's the right deal. Switch today at cspire.com slash real deal. I do want to circle back to the um, COVID-19 story uh, as it pertains to Ole Miss, then we'll get into winners and losers with you. Uh, Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395 is the number. Uh, what did you like from the weekend? What did you not like from the weekend? They're like going to be some Monday submissions as well. Like it's not going to just be from the weekend. We've got some submissions that can go on the winners and losers list uh, from today. So uh, there was a report from the Daily Journal on Saturday night or Sunday morning that said about a dozen Ole Miss players had tested positive for coronavirus after maybe a social activity. And then there was an update from the Daily Journal yesterday that said Ole Miss officials are disputing a Daily Journal report of additional positive COVID-19 cases among Rebels football players. Sources told the Journal that multiple players contracted the virus in what could possibly be traced back to a social gathering. Shannon Singletary is Associate AD for Health and Sports Performance, and he chaired the safety committee before athletes returned to campus, and he says that the report is not correct. He confirmed on Sunday afternoon, so yesterday afternoon, that nine players have been placed in quarantine or isolation due to close contact with someone who did test positive for COVID-19. In the initial testing phase when athletes came back on campus, you had one football player on campus and one athletics department staff member that tested positive. Both of them immediately went into quarantine. You also had one student athlete who was planning to come back but had not done so yet that tested positive. And then around 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon, through its internal email alert system, the university confirmed two new coronavirus cases, one of a student athlete and one an athletics department employee. But there was no clarification as to whether or not the student athlete was a football player or a player in another sport. Clear as mud? <laughs> so there was like not that. a party? Oh, there was a party. No, that was neither confirmed nor denied. Okay, that's, that, that, puts, that puts something, you know, not losing a party might be in jeopardy if, if this happens. So. Big sigh of relief, there though, were, right? Th- well, yeah. I, I mean, unrelated to student-athletes, yes. there have been some stories about some parties that have happened off-campus in which, I got to be careful here. 
There have been but some I positive think. cases as a result of people who attended the party of some when one party attendee apparently was symptomatic and chose to attend the party anyway. The, the Ole Miss won't be alone in that. As as no. as students return no, to, to they campus won't. and so on and so forth. So, so forth. Hey, and guess that's, what? Hey, Dad. that's the thing we have to remember about all of these stories is whenever you hear this happened at Alabama or this happened at Iowa or this. Everybody is going to have a story like this at some point. It's just going to happen. It's going to happen in Oxford, going to happen in Starkville, going to happen yes. in Nashville and Athens and Gainesville and College Station and everywhere else. Oh, it's already and, happened in Houston. And in the Dallas you know Cowboys. They, do, Ezekiel guys, Elliott's positive now. So, yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Some Cowboys and some Houston Texans and whatnot. Did you guys hear about what happened at Houston and why they ended up with six positive cases and shut it down? They weren't testing anybody when, when they, they got back. When they brought everybody back on campus, they didn't do baseline testing. They were just right. like, let's do a like, fever check. All right, boys. If you don't it. want to test the symptomatic, the, the asymptomatic on a regular basis, that's that's your choice, whatever. But day one, yeah, you need to test them day one when they get back to campus. So that if anybody's got it, you can at least set those people aside and know that you're starting with a clean slate. You would have thought that would have gone without saying, put them on the losers list, Borky. Done. Yes. Yes. So let's use that as a transition point. It is time right now for winners and losers. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. I'm a loser, baby. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. All righty, winners. Give me one from the weekend, Brian. Hey, Dad. Well, you see, I wore my San Francisco Giants polo today. You can see that on uh, supertalk.tv because I thought we were going to be talking about, okay, I thought, you know, we're going to have baseball. It's going to happen. So that took away one of my winners because uh, we're not going to have baseball. Baseball. Yeah, I guess I guess not. I was, I was excited for a 23 and 25 San Francisco Giants team to win the World Series. Um, <laughs> gosh. So let's go with. I don't know. Not a lot I got one for I got, you. I got, I got, I'll I, lead I got one that's sort of close to home. We can give Jennifer Haydad a winner's because uh, today she's been married to me for 18 years. Hey! What a lucky lady Happy that is. Happy anniversary! Yeah. Nice. How'd she luck into that? God only knows. Yeah, you, you handled that a little bit better today than when we were talking about it on Friday. <laughs> Happy I could be on the course. Eighteen Richard. years. Yeah. What What time of the day did you get married? Oh, we would have been married by now. We got married noonish, oneish, something like that. Okay. And like immediately departed on a honeymoon. Uh, well, we had a we had the you know the reception after. No, I understand that, but yeah. Okay. Like left that night, left the next day. Yeah. Where'd you go? Nowhere. We were Did like poor. a staycation honeymoon? Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. Very Paying good. for the wedding uh, took yeah, that, that that took a big chunk out of everything. Gotcha. So. Uh, wait, I don't know if this, <laughs> I don't know if this pertains to what was just said, but Richard and Wiggins just sent us a message on the ceasefire text line that says nudish. That was later. Hazy. Heyo. <laughs> Heyo. Um. Have I ever told you our honeymoon story? Yeah, with well, the the the, uh, the the passports. 
Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I won't tell that one again today, then. Moron. <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for, uh, for late July when we celebrate 14 years. <laughs> yeah, moron is an applicable word for me on that one. <laughs> I feel like I took a light uh, on him, Borky. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I will, uh, I'm going Daniel Berger, and not just because he won the golf tournament yesterday at Colonial. Um, I mean, there, there are a couple of reasons that he falls in the winner's list. The second week of July has been good to him. All three of his wins have occurred in the second week of July. He won uh, in Memphis in consecutive years, 16 and 17, and then he wins this year in, uh, in Fort Worth. Um, the recovery from a serious wrist injury, I mean, you want to talk about a big deal for a golfer. I mean, your wrists are kind of involved in every single shot you hit on the golf course, and the confidence to, that you need to be able to swing the club to really go after one I mean, that, that's a big deal. But here's the reason that Daniel Berger's on my winner's list. He's the only guy, the only guy in contention that made a putt on 18 yesterday. You had half a dozen guys that had a chance to either make a putt to get into a playoff or to win outright, and none of them made the putt. He made the putt, makes him a winner. Clutch putt. And uh, about a million and a half bucks as a result. By the way, finishing second in a golf tournament, not a bad consolation prize either. Uh, Colin Morikawa still walked away with $800,000. That used to be the winner's prize pre-Tiger. Good work. It's good work if you can get it. I remember vividly early 90s FedEx St. Jude Classic, Jim Gallagher Jr., Winner in Memphis. And they had one of those big old Happy Gilmore style checks. $225,000. Oh, man. For the winner. Real quick, as an aside, Bill Scheichen of the LA Times, he said, Source, in a letter today, Major League Baseball told the Players Association there would be no 2020 season unless they waived any legal claims against the league, which means they cannot file a grievance if they want to play this year. So, translation, they're not playing baseball. Mm. Mm. That would not go on the winners list. We will continue with with winners and losers after a short timeout, including yours on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. continue winners and losers with you on this Monday afternoon. So we've got Daniel Berger for his 18, uh, his putt that he made at 18. And for some other reasons as well, somebody said that uh, Berger is also a winner because his Instagram handle is DB Straight Vibin'. Okay. Uh, Hammy is a new officer says he officially conducted his first salute yesterday. Saluted by his mentor and his best friend, said they lived in Afghanistan together for a year, and he's the reason that I strive to be better every single day. And apparently the historic significance of that is every new officer in the Army is saluted by the person of their choice before beginning their career as a commissioned officer. So, Hammy... 
Congratulations Good on stuff. your commission, and thank you for your service. And what a cool uh, moment that you will never, ever forget. That is absolutely fantastic. Borky, give me a winner. Along the same lines as yours, the PGA Tour, just in general, I mean, they, they created a bubble, they didn't have any hiccups with coronavirus testing or anything like that, and they put on a really good show. I felt that it was a little bit different without fans, but the, the play was quality, and I'm really looking forward to next week now. I probably wouldn't have watched as much Charles Schwab Championship uh, as I did this weekend, and that's a good thing. So they're taking advantage of... Uh, an opportunity to be the only thing going, and they nailed it, at least for one week. I watched most of Thursday in real time, and then what I missed, I went back and watched Thursday night, and then I fell asleep to golf coverage on Friday night and on Saturday night, and then Sunday watched the end of the round uh, afterward, like on tape delay, the, the replay of it, and was just completely all in on it. Any other winners? Yeah, I do have a sports-related one. JT Ginn. Uh, the Mets uh, have signed their third-round pick, uh, redshirt junior Anthony Walters. His slot value was $647,300. He signed for twenty k. So it looks like the Mets are going to have a boatload of money to go over slot to bring JT Ginn. Wow. Pretty remarkable that guy hired a mannequin to be his agent. Uh, seriously, who is that guy's agent? I, I want the job. I could have gotten him forty k at least. And half the that's, commission. I mean, that's got to be something that he agreed to in advance. But why? Why would he agree to it? He has. He has. He had the leverage to go back another year. Yeah, I, I don't know. That makes that makes that's something that makes zero sense. But it works out well for JT Ginn. Maybe he felt like, from a positioning standpoint, being drafted in the third round, even if they only paid him a little bit, gave him a better shot for for a fast track. I I, I don't know. Fast track to what? There's no season. And it's a good point. So they've got an extra five hundred and seventy-five thousand or so there. Plus, yeah, if they go under slot at all with their first-round pick, yeah. maybe a little extra and their fourth round to go pick, with the yeah. million whatever. Yeah, right now, if they, just based on what they have, they could get they could offer JT again uh, two million, oh. which gets him in the neighborhood of what he was offered coming out of high school, right? Correct. Was it 1-8 or was it 2-1? It was like 2-3, I think, at the end. Okay, well, anyway. Not that money would ever get in the rid of in the uh, way of something happening in the baseball world. <laughs> That's a good question, though, now. Like, these guys who have leverage and can come back, I mean, if, if there's no season and they're, they're, they're wondering and they're uncertainty, I wonder if some guys who, who said, yeah, before, I, yeah, I'll, get, I'll take a chance, I'll go to the draft, might, might change their mind now. Not that I think Ginn's going to be one of those guys, but I'm just asking. What about losers? Oh, where to begin? Uh, Major League Baseball's no good, very bad weekend. I mean, you had the dueling statements that came out over the weekend uh, that were just more of the same, uh, incredibly public and uh, nonsensical exchanging of statements, basically saying, uh, you're in the wrong, no, you're in the wrong, and then you get this news today that the commissioner isn't confident that they're going to play, and then you get more news today that... Major League Baseball sent a letter to the players saying they can't file a grievance if they want to have a season this year. It it is an embarrassment across the board. Oh, and by the way, uh, add another sign-stealing scandal by a team that couldn't even win the World Series by stealing signs, and that's the New York Yankees. 
just a rough weekend all around for Major League Baseball and uh, the cheaters that are the New York Yankees. Unbelievable. <laughs> well, that, that report hasn't been uncovered yet, by the way. And looks oh, and like the Yankees now it's are definitely be fighting held it until August or so. Yeah, and, and the Yankees are fighting it. Oh, I loved the quote. Let me let me find the exact quote of why the Yankees something about are, a reputational stain or something like yeah, that. Yeah. So they say uh, the lawyer representing the Yankees said there's no justification for public disclosure of the letter. Uh, the plaintiff has no case anymore. And oh, I'm reading the wrong quote. Doesn't matter. The Yankees say that they don't... Oh, that's right, Borky. It doesn't matter. You don't have to get it accurate if it's the Yankees oh. because they're the big bad Yankees. We'll just make it up as we go. It's Tell fine. me if it, the it, statement no I'm deal. about to say is incorrect. The Yankees are claiming <laughs> that they don't need to release this letter because it will damage their reputation and not expose them as cheating. Is that right? Yes, that is right. And they want anybody to buy that? Oh, so now we're asking and answering our own questions, I see. I yeah. see that how this is going to work. Yeah, it's just a shame. You know, I mean, they have all this money and all these advantages. And this big, I mean, national baseball brand, it's the New York Yankees. It's the mecca of sport, and yet they lower Look, themselves. They didn't have, a, they didn't have the, a buzzer on a player. They had three cameras, three of them in the outfield, not one, center, left, and right. And there's video, by the way, you can go check them out, of distinct, like very distinct whistles on breaking balls. So they were relaying signals to the batters. That did happen. I just can't believe. How do you know a, the Vanderbilt whistlers weren't at Yankee games? Well, that's, that's probably true. Because <laughs> um, I mean, what, oh, oh, what, next, next thing we're going to know with great certainty that Vanderbilt is involved in a cheating scandal. That because would actually be hilarious. Could you Please, imagine? <laughs> dear eight pounds, six ounce baby Jesus, let that happen. Oh man! But I just hey, speaking of Vanderbilt, by oh, the way, I'm on. not trying. I promise, I'm not trying to change the subject. Oh, I think you are, but that's okay. Chris Lee, who covers Vanderbilt, you remember when we were talking about schools that would be most likely not to return to campus this fall, and I told you there was only one in the SEC that fell into that category. Yeah. Vanderbilt will have classes on campus this fall starting August 24th. In-person classes end before Thanksgiving. I think this is a good sign for football. Yeah. Good. That's from Chris Lee. Covers Vanderbilt. That's great. Um, really by the way, stuff. that's going to happen at Ole Miss and Mississippi State as well. The fall semesters are going to end at Thanksgiving. Good. Whatever helps. Whatever helps keep... I don't think I've seen that reported anywhere else, so I just dropped that little bomb on you boys. Breaking news. I love that you drop a bomb in the middle of a Yankees bass session. Like, now we have to talk about something else other than the Yankees. What are you talking... I mean, the, the mecca of talk sports. About. We don't even have the story yet. The, the class organization of baseball. <laughs> would now, who's stoop, ever said that? Would stoop so low to the level of the Houston Astros. And, oh, my God, the... They did the same thing that the Red Sox did. I just—I never thought I would see the day where the New York Yankees would do the same uh, things that the Red Sox do. You can segue to me. I have my loser set up anytime now. There, uh, <laughs> Richard, just just jump in there. Hey, Dad, you got a loser? I do, but mine is actually from a week ago. For whatever reason, in this segment last week, we never got to me on, on doing a loser. Uh, but it's it, 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 a lot of joy here. That it's MLB umpire Angel Hernandez. <laughs> In my never-ending quest to sully officials of all sports, here is the poster child. MLB uh, looking into the idea that he eavesdropped on a league investigative call. Uh, Daniel Kaplan of The Athletic had the report a week ago. Uh, 
he was acting crew chief for a game that, of course, the Red Sox played under protest. Uh, he sued MLB, claiming the league racially discriminated against him. If if being dumb is a race, I guess they did. Uh, they there's a long laundry. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got long a laundry list of. Do what now? I mean, he's got an so, active lawsuit against baseball though for discrimination, doesn't he? I'm I, I'm pretty sure I could just put a couple of games he's called on 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 the video as Exhibit A and win the case. So if you're if you're MLB listening right now. You want to save some kinda money like, on legal uh, fees? Call me. Hey, Dad like Cross and Borky, attorneys at law. Uh, anyway, there's a long laundry list of everything he's done wrong in this article, which is is fun to read, uh, including this is tremendous. Violated MLB rules by asking Homer Bailey, who had pitched a no hitter, to autograph eleven baseballs for himself and the crew. That's good stuff. Had three calls overturned by replay in the first four innings of a 2018 game between the Yankees and Red Sox. Uh, observe, another umpire observed him in another game throwing his headset after having a call overturned on instant replay. Very mature. A lot of good stuff here from Angel Hernandez, who just is the worst. It's not the uh, headset's fault that you're terrible, bud. Yeah. And 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 didn't wasn't there somebody from Major League... Baseball that disputed the whole thing. Yes. Shocking. Uh, those are your winners and losers. Especially Sports the Yankees. Mississippi. Hey, I don't know if you guys saw the breaking news earlier today or not, but the uh, 2020 Texas kickoff featuring Ole Miss and Baylor has uh, been moved from its original scheduled date of September 5th to Sunday, September 6th. Whoa! Huge news. So you know. It's crazy. Uh, ESPN spokesman uh, Pete Derzis said ESPN's Sunday game during kickoff weekend has quickly developed into a strong franchise. We look forward to continuing that success as we feature two head coaches in their inaugural games with two great programs. We want to thank the schools and our Texas kickoff team for recognizing this unique opportunity. We do not yet have a time for that game. There is one other game that's happening that day as well. Notre Dame and Navy are scheduled to play in Annapolis. And ESPN slash ABC also has the rights to that ball game. And so uh, we will see. We'll wait and see. I don't know if it'll be a night game or an afternoon game or what exactly, but we'll see. Flights are remarkably Um, cheap, by the way. Say what? Flights are incredibly cheap right now. So if you're thinking about going, even though there might be a capacity issue, now's probably the time to buy. There you go. I mean, if you're in North Mississippi, you can fly to Memphis, a round trip to the game and back for like 170 bucks, and out of Jackson, a little bit more expensive. Uh, I've got 250 in front of me right now, round trip. Really? Yep. Not bad. There you go. It's better than it would have been. I mean, you're looking at what 400 bucks if there was yeah, no I mean, coronavirus, at least. It's pretty much 350, 400 to go anywhere. And then sometimes more than that. We'll uh, we'll see. Um, Iowa 
has reached a separation agreement with longtime football strength coach Chris Doyle. They signed the agreement yesterday. It's effective immediately. Doyle, who had led Iowa's strength and conditioning program since 1999, was placed on paid administrative leave June 6th after a large group of former players had spoken out about mistreatment in the program. Most of the allegations came from black players and centered on Doyle. Some players also made allegations toward head coach Kirk Ferentz and several on-field assistants. Chris Doyle was making $800,000 a year. He was the nation's highest-paid strength coach. He will receive 15-month salary, which equates to two payments of $556,249.50. He and his family will receive benefits from Iowa for 15 months or until he finds employment elsewhere. He is also prohibited from seeking employment at Iowa or holding strength and conditioning camps at the university. I would think that that part goes without saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, I, I would guess that he is also prohibited from talking about it. Just a guess. So they're going to pay him $1.1 million to go away. This is, even though that's a nice way to get fired, hey, Iowa, if you want to fire me, please. Uh, I, w- I would love to be fired by you. Um. This is just another spark in the player empowerment fire that is beginning. I mean, you're seeing it at Texas. That's going to be successful to some degree. Uh, Not all of their demands are going to be met, I can't imagine, but you want to bet they stop uh, singing in the eyes of Texas anymore? I'm 100% confident that's going to happen. Uh, Iowa has now fired a coach because of it. Lord knows what's going to happen with Mike Gundy here at Oklahoma State. This seems like a a situation that is really escalating. Florida State, they got theirs resolved, but, I mean, a coach told a little white lie, and it became a full player meeting and threatening shutdowns and everything like that, and the players got their way. This is only going to inspire them more, and whether or not you agree with them having that kind of power and doing the things they do or not doesn't matter because it's coming. It, it, It very well could happen at Ole Miss and Mississippi State as well, but... Players have never had more influence on certain things around their program, and they're just now realizing it. And so this is only the beginning to me. I think what happened at Iowa and with Mike Gundy and all of these things, more of this is going to come out, more of this is going to happen, and these players are going to try to enact change on their campus. I mean, even John Morant is going to get a statue removed at Murray State. I know he's not a current college player, but that's going to happen too. They're they're more empowered they feel like they're more empowered than they've ever been, and this isn't going away anytime soon. Speaking of Texas, why... I feel like maybe the Texas football players chose the wrong song to boycott. So, the whole genesis of being made to sing the eyes of Texas after a game while everybody stands and holds two fingers in the air with the Longhorn salute. Horns up, of course. The the reason they say that it needs to go away, 1903, when it was first performed, it was performed by as part of a minstrel show, and the performers were in blackface. The Texas band also plays the song 
Yellow Rose of Texas. Which also was originally performed as part of the blackface minstrel show known as Christie's Minstrels and was published in Christie's Plantation Melodies Number no. 2, a songbook published under the authority of Edwin Pierce Christie in Philadelphia in 1853. The song is written in the first person from the perspective of an African-American singer longing to return to his Yellow Rose of Texas, which was a light-skinned or biracial woman of African or African-American and European-American creation. I just found it Ironic is certainly not the right word, but it was interesting to me that the Texas football players wanting to... Maybe it's just because they don't pay any attention to what the band plays otherwise. Well, this is a bigger deal there. You know? I what, mean, the guys of Texas? Yeah. Maybe that's that's the bigger statement to me. Yeah, I mean, it's the official school song. Right, right. But the band I also mean, plays this song. I mean, I, I agree. And I gotta be careful here, but just just for let's just say that Ford Rebels had some sort of racial undertone to it. It doesn't, but it, let's just say it did. Was it a, would it have been a bigger deal to stop playing that or stop playing Dixie? At the time they made that decision. Well, obviously Dixie was a bigger deal, right? And, and that's that's and they the get point, rid of Dixie. But then they yeah. But, but, That's the point that the Texas players know that Texas fight, or I'm sorry, the uh, the eyes of Texas is a huge deal to Texas people. So that's the statement to be made, not the Yellow Rose of Texas, which I didn't even know. A, I didn't know they played that, and B, I didn't know the, the meaning behind it. This is going on everywhere, though. I mean, a, Clemson Athletics, mostly their football team, is protesting on campus to change the name of a few things, including the Honors College uh, named after former – Confederate soldiers or people like that. And I kept thinking as these reports were rolling out and stuff, wait till they find out what Clemson is. It's not the name of the little town in the area. It's the name of the former Confederate slave owner that sold or that gave his plantation when he died. And that's what they built the school on and named after. So they're not stopping there either. What about North Carolina? LSU. Tar Heels? Where, where did Tigers come from in LSU? Fighting Tigers, yeah. Well, yeah. well today on Twitter, uh, John John Edge tweeted, you know, it's time for Ole Miss to stop being Ole Miss. That's you know, Everything's going to come under fire at some point. It's just going to see, it's going to be, I'm interested to see where the stopping point is. There's going to be well, a point and, where people say, no, we're not changing this. Where is it? I don't know. And, and I do, well, and we get a, a message on the C Spire text line. Do we get to a point where we just don't care anymore about sports because everybody wants to make a statement and then there isn't as much money for TV contracts and salaries? I don't know if you can directly tie those two things together. 
you know, you have some very woke national college football writers who tell you that sports is not an escape. It's not possible for sports to be an escape for people. Or a unifier. But, they say it's not a unifier, which is a joke. Okay, but, not, a, not a unifier. Sports is an escape for a lot of people. Like, I go to my job every day. I do what I'm supposed to do, and what I look forward to are ball games. That's my escape. But if there's no escaping the trials and tribulations of every day through sports, people may just be like, you know what, I'll just find something else. If I can just be perfectly honest and candid, I am so weary. Uh, now, now, sports, there's an argument to be made that there has never been more sports news than we've had in the last three months. I mean, Borky, you remember the conversations we had when all of this first went away, when basketball ended dramatically on March 11th or 12th, whichever day it was. March 12th. It was my birthday, believe it or not. Happy birthday to me. So basketball season ended on March 12th. College baseball followed suit. Everything was shut down for a while. We had nothing. You want to know why I was so excited and have celebrated the return of golf? I mean, we're having zero issue doing our job. Like, we were, we were concerned when this all happened. Man, if we can just get to football season, there has been like, there have been like three segments in four months where it was like, what are we going to talk about? And that was just because it's like Friday afternoon and you're ready to mail it in. Not because you don't like your job, but just because the weekend's here. It's like, okay, it's time to go light the grill or go to the pool or go to the lake or whatever. So there's been zero absence of news. And people that want to tell you otherwise are lazy. Period. Yeah. It comes... But... I'm sorry, Borky. just, just, Just kind of finishing that point. I'm so weary of talking about lawsuits and labor discord (laughs) and money and positive COVID-19 tests and what are we going to do and do we have to wear masks and what's the capacity and what did the governor say today and what are the updated numbers from the State Department of Health and what's happening nationally and where's the protest going? It's not that we don't have stuff to talk about. It's just It's like, I just want to watch a game and then talk about it. And maybe be critical, or maybe give some attaboys. Talk about outstanding individual performances. But alas, here's what we've got. Burns Hargis is the president of Oklahoma State University. He has released a statement. I hear and respect the concerns expressed by our black student-athletes. This is a time for unity of purpose to confront racial inequities and injustice. We will not tolerate insensitive behavior by anyone at Oklahoma State. Does that spell trouble for Mike Gundy? I don't think so. Uh, I don't don't know that it spells, you know, he's he's losing his job or anything, but he's definitely going to be making some sort of apology. 
that he may or may not want to make. And then there is this. Oh, another thing that we're talking a lot about. Name, image, and likeness. Attorneys acting on behalf of two current college athletes earlier today filed a federal antitrust lawsuit against the NCAA and the Power Five conferences that could substantially increase the tension and financial stakes connected to athletes' ability to make money off their name, image, and likeness. The lawsuit, which is seeking to be a class action suit, not only asks the NCAA be prevented from having association-wide rules that restrict the amount of name, image, and likeness compensation available to athletes, but also seeks unspecified damages based on the share of television rights money and the social media earnings it claims athletes would have received if the NCAA's current limits on name, image, likeness compensation had not existed. That is a big ask in a lawsuit. Yeah, and it's not going to work. I mean, I want players to be able to benefit off of their name, image, and likeness. I really do. I I think they deserve it. I'm a free market capitalist. I want them to be able to engage in the free market. However, you did enter in an agreement knowing that you could not benefit off of your name, image, and likeness currently. You can fight to get it changed, but to say you were entitled to something that you agreed that you could not accept, you you lose me right there. A couple of other things in this. As allowed under federal, and by the way, Steve Berkowitz at USA Today with this story. As allowed under federal antitrust law, the suit seeks to cover athletes who played in any of the past four years and carry forward through the date of a final judgment. In addition, if a jury decides to award damages to an antitrust plaintiff, the amount is tripled. Specifically, the suit claims that football, men's, and women's basketball players at schools in the Power Five conferences are entitled to damages related to the use of their NILs during telecast of games, and that athletes in any sport at a Power 5 school are entitled to damages related to social media earnings. Steve Berman is the lead attorney for the plaintiffs. He says the college sports industry has been immensely profitable for every party involved except the players themselves. Hey! by the way, is after Florida voted into law its name, image, and likeness legislation at the end of last week. Five o'clock hour with you on this Monday afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad on this Monday afternoon. Going to be a part of the conversation. You can do so on the C Spire text line 601-879-4395. Upgrade your Anywhere office with Microsoft Teams, including uh, included with Microsoft 365 from C Spire Business. Their experts can equip your organization to chat, meet, call, and collaborate from anywhere on one secure, easy-to-use platform. And when you order from Seaspire Business, they'll also provide dedicated 24-7 support to make sure you get the most from Microsoft 365 and help scale your services as your business needs change. Find the right plan for you at cspire.com 
slash business. It's just after 5 o'clock, and that means it is time for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. But you can do more that than that. You can find about out about the great deals on the entire line of Ford vehicles. Test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. To the state of Texas we go. Texas Governor Greg Abbott on Friday spent an hour on a Zoom call with the 12 athletics directors of the state's FBS schools. Can you name all 12 of them? Texas, Texas A&M, Baylor, Rice, Houston, SMU, Texas Tech. Man, there's a lot. TCU. Is it FBS, right? FBS. Uh, UT San Antonio, Texas State. Uh, That's all I got. That's 10. What's he missing? What is he missing? UTEP? UTEP and... That's 11. One more. Anyway. Texas Governor Greg Abbott spent an hour on a Zoom call Friday with the 12 ADs from the state's FBS schools and told them not to expect capacity at their stadiums to be above 50% this fall. As Texas reopened amid the COVID-19 pandemic, Abbott had initially said sports stadiums would be allowed to operate at 25% of capacity. Revised that to 50% just a week later, giving rise to hopes that Texas would have a green light to potentially fill stadiums to capacity this fall. But the governor's message to the ADs was clear. According to the person with knowledge of the call, it would take either a vaccine or a drastic drop in cases for capacity to increase beyond 50% and that schools should not count on either development by the time football season starts. That guidance for the schools will have pretty wide-ranging implications in the coming weeks and months. Both Ross Bjork from Texas A&M and Chris Del Conte at Texas had expressed optimism in recent days that their stadiums would be either full or close to full But the governor's call on Friday provided a dose of reality on that prospect. And that coincides with the spike in COVID-19 cases in the state of Texas over the last two weeks. A few questions on that. One, I saw today that, I think, I forget the NFL team. It was an NFL team that was exploring the, the opportunity, the potential of having a full stadium but requiring masks on everyone. And if it if you take it off, you're removed from the stadium. So that would be a way that they feel like they could put everybody in the stadium but really mitigate the risk of spread because you have your face covered and that's the way that that you get it and that you spread it. I thought that was interesting. Seems a little overbearing, but at the same time, if you want a full stadium and that's the only way to do it, sign me up. I'll put a mask on and sit next to somebody wearing one. Doesn't bother me. Look, I'm weary of the whole mask thing, but yesterday... Um, Jane and Ava Montgomery and I went to church for the first time in 15 weeks. 
And normally there are about 250 to 275 people that go to our church. The, the deal was you had to sign up in advance. And there was a maximum capacity of 70. And I think there were in the neighborhood of, you know, between 50 and 60 people that were, were actually there yesterday. But one of the stipulations was you had to wear a mask. Now, as I said to start, I'm kind of over the whole mask thing. But if that was what we needed to do for everybody to be able to feel comfortable that wanted to to participate yesterday, it was okay. Man, it really wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, I thought it was crazy yesterday walking, watching the very end of the golf coverage. Dottie Pepper was the on-course reporter for CBS. She does a great job. And they had the interview at the end with Daniel Berger with the, the six-foot boom mic being held by a technician, and she was standing you know, six or eight feet away from Daniel Berger with her own microphone and was talking to him, and she had a mask on. It was pulled down below her chin to be able to do the interview and talk into the microphone, but she had on a mask. And I thought, even though the weather was nice, I mean, it was 95, 96, 97 degrees in Fort Worth yesterday. That had to be miserable. But it allowed her to do her job. And, Borky, what you said just a second ago is kind of the sentiment that I've heard from a lot of people. No, I don't want to wear a mask to a football game. But if that's the difference in being able to have football and go to games versus not, then I'll wear a mask. It's not going to be forever. Might not even be for the entire season. But if that's how we at least have to begin, or if that's what we have to do this year, then so be it. I'll wear a mask to a football game. I'll go along with it. Do you think that's what we're going to see schools require? I think so. I mean, I've tried to read a little bit over the weekend on exactly their effectiveness and stuff like that. And it certainly seems like that's a the most effective way to mitigate spreading. I mean, I even saw a scientific... Uh, what was the publication? I don't remember the publication. I, I read a, a bunch this weekend, believe it or not. I actually do read occasionally. Uh, it doesn't happen very often, but when I do, I try to learn something, and it seems like even the social distancing isn't near as effective as everybody having a mask on. That was just... That, that's apparently the most effective way to mitigate the spread moving forward. Um, so if that is the case, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see that because, as you said a few weeks ago, if Ole Miss or Mississippi State, I would assume, even though the information came from Ole Miss, were to operate at 50% capacity, if that was their maximum, that's tens of millions of dollars in losses. $10 million. $10 million in losses. Yeah, Keith Carter told me that they're modeling for a maximum capacity of 25% in stadium was $19 million, and a maximum capacity of 50% would cost the school $10 million. Is that just in ticket sales? Because somebody on the text line makes this comment. What do you do about concessions? You're supposed to have a mask on. Are North Texas was the one school we forgot. No, we yeah, named I it. I saw that, yeah. I named no, it. No, we didn't name North. 
North Texas was the one we didn't get. Oh, either way. Yeah, hey, Dad did not name you into Anyway, you yeah, could carry on. You could make an exception, I guess, for like if you're taking a drink or something or like maybe designate a zone. Uh, think, about it, like, think about like nachos, right? I mean, you're just constantly doing that number. Like, how does that, you know, I don't know. I don't know how it works. But that's still a significant loss. And then on top of that, the towns. I mean, it's not just the athletic department that is going to suffer losses here. If Ole Miss and Mississippi State have to operate at 50% capacity, that's 30-ish thousand fewer people that come to town. And I I have a handful of buddies that have season tickets together to Ole Miss games, and their wives don't go to the games. They go shopping on the square, and they hang out in the Grove and stuff. They let their husbands go to the games. So for every ticket that Ole Miss sold, that's two people that are in town. So it's it's, it's not it's not the universities that are going to lose the most. It is the, it is the businesses in the towns, because at the end of the day, the SEC network is still going to exist. So that money is still coming. That TV money will still be there, and it, TV money should be huge because everybody's going to be watching it on TV. But yeah, but it's not going to it's not going to change the amount of TV revenue. But it's it's still you know going into the future it might because they're going to have huge numbers this year, and then but it's it's the it's the restaurants it's the boutique stores it's the it's all those things that are going to suffer the most. I saw you wince. Yeah, yeah. I mean you you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, but I certainly would argue that half capacity is better than oh, it's better than nothing. No capacity, and it's no certainly doubt. better than twenty five percent. No doubt. I mean, Businesses can survive if capacity is 50% and people are coming into town. They can't survive on no football or no capacity. A couple of NFL stories for you. Morky mentioned earlier that Ezekiel Elliott is a player who had tested positive for the coronavirus small number of Dallas Cowboy players have tested positive, according to multiple sources, and sources that a few Houston Texans players had as well. Rocky Arsenault is Ezekiel Elliott's agent, and he told NFL Network that the Pro Bowl running back tested positive but is feeling good. And then later, Ezekiel Elliott on Twitter, obviously not referencing specifically his agent, but the leak prior to that questioned how his medical information was made public by tweeting HIPAA with a couple of question marks. Yeah, he clarified as well and said he was not uh, talking about his agent or upset with his agent that all his agent did was confirm uh, reporters that said, hey, we've got this information, he's got coronavirus, can you confirm that? And so somebody somewhere leaked Ezekiel Elliott's positive test, which if it came from the Healthcare provider is very much a uh, violation of HIPAA, but it's got to come from there. Like if he told a friend and a friend started telling people, then that's too bad. But he may actually have a claim here. Cowboys said in a statement, due to federal and local privacy laws, we are unable to provide information regarding the personal health of any of our employees. We are following all CDC, local, and NFL guidelines to keep our facilities safe, including limiting employee access. No players had been at the star. Uh, which is the Cowboys team facility during the offseason because of team rules. The team's been in uh, consistent contact with players, and the club has an infectious disease consultant on its medical staff. Source said one player had flu-like symptoms late last week but was feeling better, and the other players tested had been asymptomatic, which is 
really what you're seeing more and more and more of, that people are being tested because they were exposed or thought they were exposed to someone and then finding out that, yes, they are positive for COVID-19, but they are asymptomatic. So you're seeing a lot of, uh, of that. Even locally, you're seeing a lot of that. Um, one source says that NFL players could be tested for coronavirus every three days. NFL PA conference call with player agents outlining safety and financial implications of the pandemic as the NFL prepares for the 2020 season. Damari Smith, who's the executive director of the Players Association and the Players President and Medical Director and the union said players could be tested roughly every three days for the virus and isolated if testing positive. Union said it's working with the NFL on return-to-work protocols for the players, and when discussing salary cap implications, agents were told the NFL could lose around $3 billion in total revenue if teams play in empty stadiums in 2020. The expectation among multiple teams is for camps to begin in late July. That last statement i know it's insensitive and whatnot but that last statement is exactly why i think that we've got three months to figure it out that they are going to do whatever it takes to put as many people in stadiums as possible because when it comes down to it they'll take the negative trend on twitter in order to preserve as much income as they possibly can and they're going to play as normally as they possibly can yeah Yeah, and especially go ahead i'm sorry I was just agreeing. That's what it sounds like. Especially because now we're getting just Houston University aside with their players that actually had symptoms. All we're seeing across college football aside from them is four positives, all asymptomatic. Six positives, all asymptomatic. Three positives, all asymptomatic. It's especially for young people, statistically, they are more likely to die in a car accident on the way to practice than they are of a virus that they get at practice. It's it's going to come down to a point, as insensitive as it may be, where they're going to decide the health and safety of our players isn't really at risk. Maybe for the 65-year-old man with uh, lung capacity issues in the stands, probably a little different for him. However, our players aren't really in any kind of grave danger or any danger at all from this statistically speaking and people are free to make their own choices we're going to put this on because otherwise we're losing too much money and people will suffer if we don't so we're going to put it on twitter trend and columnist be damned i think there are a lot of people that are hoping that's what college football does as well yeah not only hoping needing yeah, I mean, I talked to a gentleman today. I mean, hey, Dad pointed out the economic impact for local communities today, and I was talking to a, a fellow today who you know, was walking out of a store that he worked in, and he said, you hearing anything on football? I said, I think they're going to play. He's like, what about the stadium? I was like, I think they're hoping to open it up to fans and say, y'all come, and just kind of putting a personal responsibility clause in there. He said, well, good, that's what they should do. He's like, I can't go. I'm older and I got some health conditions. But this town's got to have football. He was talking about Oxford. I can imagine an identical conversation in Starkville and in Auburn and in Hattiesburg and in Fayetteville. 
keep moving on down the line. Yeah. And I think we're getting to the point where people are okay with the idea of, I've got to make a decision. It needs to happen. I may not be able to go. And I'm either going to take the risk and go anyway, or I'm just going to say, I'm just going to have to sit this year out. Just It's not a good idea. I don't want to die. And I think my likelihood of dying is higher if I go to this football game, and so I'm not going to go. Hence, personal responsibility. One more NFL story. San Francisco is giving Kyle Shanahan a new head coaching contract. 2017, he signed a six-year deal. This is not an extension. It is a completely new deal. They ripped it up with three years remaining and gave him a new six-year contract. And it didn't take long. Jed York and Kyle Shanahan sat down. They... The, the story from Adam Schefter at ESPN says they quickly figured out what each meant to the other and committed to their second to six-year contract in just over three years. Uh, financial terms not released yet. I don't know if you guys have seen them anywhere else, but suffice it to say he'll be paid well. So no one of those and things, there's this. He's a good coach, and I think he'll do well, but we were talking about this the other, the other, on Friday with, with Bielema. Just organizations just upping money and everything else. Why? Don't need to. And now if it goes south, you're going to owe him more. It just it just never makes sense to me. Some of these, some of the times, you know, that, that these guys they just out they they bid against themselves in so many instances. Yeah, but there's also something to be said for committing to somebody that you think is important there, to your organization. There is. There is, but I just I don't know. Maybe they felt like they were paying him under market value, and they decided to get him to market value or yeah. something else along that line. I especially love when organizations extend coaches that have a knack for blowing leads in Super Bowls. <laughs> you like that, huh? I'm watching the video of Lamar Jackson tumbling over a jet ski and trying to figure out what he was doing. Well, didn't a guy tackle him? It's hard to see. I don't think he tackled him. He was kind of running toward him, and Jackson tried to jump out of the way and instead barreled over a jet ski that was sitting in the water at the edge of the beach. But he, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. But if you're the Ravens, don't you call his Ooh. agent and say, get oh. his three-letter word back to Baltimore now. He's done. But he wasn't doing anything. It's not like he was riding a motorcycle. He wasn't out playing pickup basketball. He was just throwing football, playing a little game on the beach. That that isn't any better than pickup basketball. Look at what he's doing. He, I mean, he did a scramble drill and ran into a jet ski. At shoot, there's just uh... <laughs> Borky in this ESPN story. It says there's no word on whether the Ravens will restrict Jackson from playing beach football. Oh, ESPN, I I, I tell you, there's a there's a word. They're going to do that. It's just like that uh, when uh, a few weeks ago when a lot of that looting was going on, somebody on camera on a live newscast was carrying a giant cheesecake. And it said, we're now in the area where the cheesecake factory has just been looted and there's somebody carrying one right now. Unclear where they got it. (laughs) I I could tell you.
Wouldn't be the first time a team has had to limit an NFL MVP's offseason activities. Last year, the Kansas City Chiefs told quarterback Patrick Mahomes he couldn't participate in competitive basketball games after videos of him dominating in pickup games circulated on Twitter. Mar Jackson at 23 became the second unanimous NFL MVP in just his second season. First player in NFL history to gain more than 3,000 yards passing and 1,000 yards rushing in a single season. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Streaming at supertalk.fm. Half an hour to go. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon. Glad to have you along, Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad. Don't forget that you can stay up to date on the latest developments in the state as we deal with coronavirus and more. Follow News Mississippi on Facebook, Twitter, and on the News Mississippi app for Apple and Android and, uh, advi- devices. Not advices, but devices. And don't forget you can listen to Sports Talk Mississippi on supertalk.fm, the Supertalk Mississippi app. Best way to get it is on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station and the podcast is always available to you for free from Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And don't forget about the Thunder and Lightning podcast and the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. They are all available for free. Ceasefire text line is open 601 879 4395. Just kind of scrolling back a few minutes. And you know, kind of. Th- throwing up all the different stuff that's going on and things that are being removed and canceled and whatnot. And I think a lot of people are fed up with all of it. Tim and McGee says, I'm tired of all of this. Changing names, coaches getting fired because of what players say. People have had enough. Um, here's a text that says the Mike Gundy situation is similar to the Mike Leach situation. No harm meant, but you just can't do it in this day and time. Are those comparable? I would say the the thing with the OAN thing is this. He brought that up in a in a when he when he made the comment about getting guys back on campus. He brought that up, and people made him aware, I have to assume, that, hey, that's not what you think it is. So to wear that shirt, to me, is a little more tone-deaf. And I'm sure I'll be called a homer. But it's 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 just, if I had to weigh them on a scale, the, 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 the shirt thing, it's just so stupid, by the way. A tweet versus a shirt. What's more harmful? God almighty. Uh, I'm going to go, the shirt is 51% to 49%. Well, but I mean, I think the larger question is the messaging and whether or not it's something that was intended or unintended. I mean, it's hard for me to believe in the same way that, and I said this, I I said it, I don't know if it's verbatim, but this was the the message that I made. Mike Gundy and, excuse me, Mike Leach intended no ill will with the tweet he made that got him into hot water with so many people. Yeah. I will say he is incredibly fortunate 
like $5 million a year fortunate that he tweeted that in February, early March, mid-March, yeah. whenever it was. Yeah, if he did it this not, week, there'd be some issues. Not two weeks ago. Yeah. Because he would not be employed at Mississippi State. I agree. I mean, I just... So, but in the same way, it's hard for me to believe that Mike Gundy rolled out of bed on Saturday morning to go fishing with his buddies, threw on an OAN t-shirt, and thought, this will show them. And he didn't share the picture. It was the, the fishing guide, right? It, from context of the, the screen grab of a Facebook post, it seems like it's from the person that took them fishing, but um, unintended consequences for sure. I, I do think, I mean, take Clemson, for example. So they want the Honors College to be changed. Uh, it's named after John C. Calhoun. If you don't know who that is, he's a former president of the United States who fought strongly in favor of preserving slavery. He didn't want minorities in politics. He was an old racist man who fought in favor of preserving slavery. I think if you want to change the name of Clemson's Honors College, who was named after him, I support it. I don't think you need to have buildings named after people like him. That doesn't bother me. I, it may bother some people. That doesn't bother me at all. I think they should change it, actually, because of who that man was. But when you start getting into, what, what if he had, this is probably an argument in bad faith, but what if he had an MSNBC shirt on? Would, would it be the same? The reaction would be very, very different. What I read about OAN earlier, they are uh, conspiracy peddlers. It's not real news. It's, it's a joke. Most of it is now, but they are especially a joke. And when you're a coach of young African-American athletes, things that they have said about the Black Lives Matter movement lately is probably not something you want to promote. Probably something you shouldn't do. In, in reality, we, he shouldn't own that shirt. You should know better. Yeah, I mean, you should just know better. Same, the same way... It's the same thing. The same way that the guy working on Mike Gundy's house had to know better than to wear an Oklahoma Sooners hat or shirt to his house, Mike Gundy should know better than to wear that shirt, to own that shirt. Vice President, not pre President, by the way, John C. Calhoun. Continue. Got a text message correction. <laughs> yeah, but he had me racking my brain. I was like, was he President? I was. I was like, John C. Calhoun. No, vice, vice President, but point still stands. No, you're right. Question here, what did Mike Gundy do? OAN is a reputable news network, WTF. Okay. Um, okay. We can save that for Gallo tomorrow. It just it, In look, the morning. Their, their reputation is questionable. Most 24-hour news, all 24-hour news, news networks' reputations are questionable. Theirs is by far the most questionable, and that's not a political stance. That is... They well, on, peddle conspiracy that are not rooted in fact. It, yeah, yeah, no, I would say I would say OAN is to the right what MSNBC is to the left. Sure. I, Ooh. And hey, just just real quick, Athletic Director Mike Holder, Holder at Oklahoma State has released a statement. And it's very brief. This afternoon has been very disturbing. The tweets from the current and former players are of grave concern. Oof. That, that, now that there. doesn't sound good. 
That sounds like more than an apology is coming. Yeah. Um, the response to me saying the that OAN is to the right, what MSNBC is to the left, got a, a response of BS. Okay. It, it, that's that's split. It, it doesn't that's matter. Fine. It, whatever. 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 Fine. It's, it's fine. You love it. You hate it. I love it. I hate it. That doesn't matter. It's very similar to the Drew Brees thing. You should just know better and and be able to read the I didn't room. Know better. football coaches wore anything other than their school's free gear. <laughs> to be That's perfectly a true honest, statement. Um. When I go fishing, I wear a t-shirt. On, free I don't shirts mind. that you've gotten, and that's what you're going to yeah. go wear. Somebody says, when I go fishing, I wear a t-shirt. I don't mind getting ruined. Just saying, well, when you have an endless supply of orange Nike t-shirts, you can ruin, ruin one. It, and that's fair. It, I, I don't think this should lead to his termination or anything like that. None of that should happen here to me. No, no, I, and I don't think it will. I don't think wearing the t-shirt leads to the termination. I think if Chuba Hubbard and other Oklahoma State athletes speak out about specific instances where they felt threatened or were profiled by their coaching staff or insensitive or derogatory terms were used toward them, if those things emerge as a result, then this could potentially cost Mike Gundy his job. Wearing the t-shirt is just... Yeah. It just got the ball rolling. Just a, another lesson of 24-hour news networks and their uselessness in their current form. Across the message board. here, it says, if Gundy's fired for this, then all-out war will break out in Oklahoma. I'm surprised Lincoln Riley hasn't tweeted something, by the way. Because he's been on the other side of Gundy for a lot of these issues, surprised he hasn't decided yeah, to just take a little, uh, take a little, 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 little tweet there. I'm not sure that that's his style, though. He just kind of not does really, his thing but and moves on, doesn't he? More or less, but you never know. I don't know. I mean, other than when they play Bedlam, I'm not sure that Oklahoma State's really on Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma's radar. Real quick, the website Media Bias Fact Check has a. Uh, OAN further to the right than it has MSNBC to the left. Uh, that's fine. and I, I'm not... Yeah, whatever. I was just saying in terms of far-right people... Oh, they're never going to agree. Are, ...are really the only ones that gravitate to OAN and people that are far away to the left are the, generally the ones that gravitate to MSNBC. There certainly are exceptions, but anyway. Sports Talk... Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.